Thank you very much. Welcome back. And what a great session we just had and what a fantastic lineup. So if you're watching us on Zoom, on YouTube, on racer.com, on speedsport.com, we're also live on Facebook and LinkedIn. Please share those links with your friends within the industry, because if you know anyone's not watching, please tell them they should be on. This, this is absolutely unbelievable. And uh, we next going to have Rick Ware. Yes. And let me jump in here because, you know, throughout all the races I attend, IndyCar, NHRA, NASCAR throughout the year and, and, and events, I ask people, who's the one person you'd like to be interviewed? I swear to you, all year long, Rick Ware. That name popped up all over the place. So I am so proud to have him on and thankful that he's joining us this year. Spot on. Absolutely. <laughs> Mr. Ware is with us. So Brad Gilly will uh, we'll let you take over as soon as Rick starts his video and is with us. Well, let's uh, um, we'll wait a few more seconds for Rick. Is here up he there he is. <laughs> Hi, Rick. Thank you for joining us. Judy, thank you for having me. Sorry for my uh, computer literacy there. I got to have a bunch of help for this. We're good. <laughs> Oh, there we go. Sorry, I had myself muted, Rick. Sorry about that. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you and me both. Um, I think, uh, did, did we actually have a video to play uh, to start with this today? If, uh, if so, if we could get that rolling, that would be great. Mark Plus and Biohaven for Clay Milligan. As they head to the finish line, stripe, it's Clay Milligan! Picks up win number five, is second on the season. Yeah. Rick Ware Racing. Checkered flag, Shane McElrath wins the British GP. It's a great weekend for Rick Ware Racing if Shane won both overalls last year in route to his first SX2 championship. The KTM from Rick Ware Racing. Here comes Briar Bauman on this Parts Plus KTM. The first victory for KTM, the Progressive American Flat Track Championship. Fire Bowman's gonna do it! He's won the Spring Mile, the Progressive American Flat Track Premier Division. One thing that's kind of interesting is momentum Rick Ware Racing is carrying into this event. Point Racing with Rick Ware Racing rookie, King Man, the whole RWR team is incredible, and it doesn't matter if it's the top fuel car, the NASCAR, the IndyCar, the IMSA car, Global Supercross, IMSA, you name it. If you ain't following RWR, you are missing out because we are making things happen. We're stomping on that loud pedal a lot. Well, Rick, I think the best thing we can start this off with is, is there a series in North America that you're not entered in right now? That might be the quicker <laughs> review. <laughs> uh, no, there, there are several. We, uh, it, Motorsports is alive and strong, uh, and I'm just um, really thankful to be even part of it. 
Uh, it's incredible. Well, let's talk about you for a minute here. Um, you know, you're, you're a gearhead from California who came through Texas and uh, kept working your way east and uh, obviously picking up a lot of racing along the way. So um, let's talk about where it started and uh, and we'll take it to where we are today. Well, just, uh, you know, I grew up on uh, in Southern California, uh, born in 63. And so the, um, you know, growing up through the late 60s, early 70s, uh, Southern California was uh, really a hotbed of all kinds of racing. You know, um, I think back through even the early 80s, you know, NASCAR actually opened up and closed at Riverside, both uh, the beginning of the year and end of the year. Um, the amount of uh, IndyCar, uh, Can-Am, uh, all the kinds of racing, there was so much going on within that industry. Um, I was just fortunate to be, you know, born there and kind of be able to go hang out at shops and got to do cool things. You know, um, you know, I used to hang out at Bell's uh, Parnelli Jones shop and he'd have the, uh, the, the, the only um, Baja 1000 um, uh, truck there right next to the Viceroy IndyCar and you know they were dynoing motors you know getting ready to go to Indianapolis for speed weeks and um, you, you know just going to the to the original Trans Am series which was you know it was kind of like um, you know it was like the road racing of NASCAR back then it was beating and banging and uh, you know all the manufacturers and and then, um, I, you know, I went to, you know, Carlsbad and Orange County, Lyons and Irwindale to, to you know, in the heyday of all the, the, the funny cars and the fuel racing and, um, you know, Ascot and Sprint cars. So as a kid, I was just enamored with racing, period, and I uh, loved it, uh, every form of it. And, um, you know, that was probably, you know, the nucleus that uh, embedded, uh, you know, my, my addiction, I guess, for lack of a better word. Yeah, well, it's going to be great to talk to you, and it's great having you here because you are involved in so many different things. Um, let's just start with the NASCAR team. Uh, a couple of cars, you had a big change this past season where you actually moved the race shop over to Concord, North Carolina. It's on the campus of where RFK Racing is, Roush Fenway-Kislowski, and, uh, and a strong technical alliance there. Moving forward, you've signed Justin Haley as one of your drivers, not just for 2024, but beyond that as well. So how how has the past year been for Rick Ware Racing? And uh, let's take a look ahead as well. The, uh, uh, you know, the, the past year for us, we, you know, we achieved a lot of goals um, uh, in different series and as well as NASCAR is just, just to continue growth um, to try to excel from, uh, you know, where we're competing at now um, to, you know, sh to shoot for top fives, top tens, top twenties. Um, man, the NASCAR deal, it's tough. It's, in my opinion, it's the toughest, um, it's the toughest form of motorsport uh, on the planet by volume of the amount of races that we have to do, the amount of things that we tear up on a weekly basis, um, the, the preparation. Um, you know, we're, we're taking baby steps uh, in, in that program. And uh, I feel like what we did this year moving to RFK, it got us closer to be more embedded to getting, um, it's one thing to get the information. It's another to get it and to have to decipher it and to actually get it on the car correctly. Um, you know, I always heard jokes about people, you know, measuring toe. You can measure toe uh, setting up a car with a laser or a string or, or you know, a plastic gauge and all kinds of different things. But at the end of the day, it, it has to have consistency. And we weren't having consistency even with the information that we were getting. We weren't getting quite enough information anyway. Um, so you know, it's, it's multiple pieces 
And um, now with this new car, you know, we have so little practice or, or no practice. You know, we run, I think, six races where you actually literally have no practice. We unload and, and race at, I think, Daytona, Talladega, and both Atlantas. Um, you better do your homework at the shop. And so we have, um, for a small team, got a really great bunch of guys at the shop. Uh, that can help us get the cars prepared, take the information that we're getting. And um, I got to hand it to RFK. They, they've been fantastic. They've done everything that they said that they would do. And then some, uh, we still have to utilize that information that we're getting from them, continually uh, learning to do that better uh, because it's a process. And if you don't have quite as much depth, uh, they may be preparing uh, their Talladega cars, let's say as an example, four weeks ahead of time, and we may only be preparing them a couple weeks ahead of time, just by the volume of equipment that we may or may not be tore up or the amount of people to prepare those, those things. So um, the NASCAR deal, I think uh, I'm very, I'm cautiously optimistic in that uh, we will continue to, to progress. Um, I would say this year it has been insanely competitive in the amount of of the new knowledge that on a weekly basis now, a year ago as a small team we might hit it a little bit lucky you know and come off the trailer uh, for practice and run decent and then as the, the the event goes on or we come back to that track a second time the bigger teams have a whole lot more information uh and so then there's another leapfrog the off season in, in 22 into 23 uh, it, it's just been, it's just been amazing. Just uh, the, the growth of this industry. Yeah. And things continue to move forward. You guys will be campaigning the new dark horse Ford Mustang, which by the way, is a very cool name for a race car. Absolutely. I also uh, about the uh, the business side too, because you know when the charter system came out, uh, you went out there and and you know you can look at it and say you took a risk, and some became available, and you jumped on them pretty quick, and now we've started to see the value of those continue to grow, grow, and grow, uh, very exponentially and very quick as well. Um, were your early thoughts on that? That you know, did 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 you see the vision of where it would go, um, or was it just right place at the right time? How did that work out for you? Well, I think the one thing that we decided on, uh, me and my wife decided on, you know, we'd been racing part-time cup. We, we'd run basically a full season as an open car the year before. Uh, we weren't being able to get over that hump in Xfinity and having been in the race, the racing, the racing is what we do for a living. So, um, you know, racing inherently is not a very profitable business and it, it takes the right amount of sponsorship and all these things to come together. Um, but what I could see is, is that, uh, uh, you know, NASCAR cup was getting stronger. NASCAR as a whole was continuing to get stronger, but if you were ever going to get a seat at the table, you had better start fighting early and figure out a way to do it. Um, it was never, uh, I always believed in the charter system. Uh, it, it's worked in everything else from, uh, you know, you know, formula one to, um, you know, we, we have a charter in the world Supercross. It works in MotoGP. Um, anytime that you have a, a guaranteed structure, people can invest, which before it was just wealthy people being involved until they didn't have the comfort level of spending any more money and then it would leave. So for us, it wasn't about, you know, hey, could you buy a charter for X and then turn it around and resell it? Because if that was the case, we would have we would have already done that, I would say, if it was about the dollars. What it was is the viability for me to continue to be in business, first off, because it was getting tougher to even be in business in the, in the racing world. Um, uh, but I knew if we had a seat at the table, 
uh, th that we can at least plan. If you, if you have set income, meaning yet that you know at least that you're going to be in business for a full year, um, then you can sell sponsorship based on that. You can hire uh, better people. You know, we've added and increased the quality of the people and, and, and the payroll substantially every single year. Um, you can't do that on, on just a win. There has to be a business model there. And at the time, you know, we paid record prices for the charters and people, uh, I mean, I had some people even laugh and say, man, I can't believe you paid more money for the last place charter than somebody paid for the first place charter when front row sold. It, it was really just about being able to start um, to grow the, the dream and the plan to first off, just survive. And then, you know, again, I'm a racer and, and um, uh, I try to be a smart businessman and to grow what I really wanted to do, which was, um, you know, start to grow uh, into motorsports as a whole. I love the marketing aspect of it. And um, uh, but uh, NASCAR was the cornerstone uh, of the whole program and still is. Yeah, it's interesting uh, when we look at today, the most recent charter uh, transfer that happened. Some people are going, oh, my gosh, I can't believe these are going for 40 million. I look at this down the road and people are going to go, oh, my gosh, can you remember when these were only going for 40 million? I, I mean, that's what it's supposed to do, right? Increase in yeah. value. Well, if you take it from the context of um, and I'm, you know, I hate, I'm hating to do too many stick and ball analogies because I get myself in trouble. However, um, you know, the, the lowest, uh, uh, you know, major league soccer teams that we may not be familiar with that are, are not winning games. They're, they're shy of a half a billion dollars. They're probably in that 203, they're probably in the 250, $300 million range. And they don't have the branding, um, uh, potential that NASCAR does. They don't have the schedule, the depth, and, and that doesn't even count, you know, some of the wild things we're hearing about for 25 and beyond that we may be going and racing. Um, so to say $40 million, that's $40 million doesn't even get you a, a winning AAA ball team anymore. Right. And so, um, yeah, that number is, is, is a stout number and, um, the, you know, the way we live, it, that could be life-changing money, but the people that know me, um, you know, I could have retired at, at half that years ago, if that was really the plan. Um, you know, we, we like racing. This is our business and we still have a lot of racing to do. So, um, you know, but, it, but it is nice to know that, um, you know, all the blood, sweat and tears that you had and, and the things that we've leveraged and had to sell to be able to even acquire the first one. Um, it, it wasn't a, it wasn't just a passive idea. It, it took, uh, it took risking and everything that we had. And it's nice to know that, you know, five or 10 years down the road, we'll at least, you know, be able to relax. Yeah, yeah, which is a great thing. Uh, I want to transition over to IndyCar, and I'll do that with a question from the chat. Uh, when you partner with someone like Dale Coyne and IndyCar, what do you hope to do by partnering? Is it uh, to help to learn how they run their team, learn new processes, make new business connections, or something different? Tell us about how that works for you. So uh, Dale's the only partnership that I have in motorsports, and um, my philosophy has kind of been, you know, typically in motorsports, uh, you know, there's there's the race team guy, there's the money guy. Usually, the money guy is a sponsor, or he comes and goes, or somebody kind of has to lose to make something work in this business. Um, uh, the, the relationship I have with Dale uh, is is a very rare one. And um, to answer your question, 
uh, I could be raised in Odell for five years and still continue to learn from him. He, um, a lot of people don't realize, you know, other than Roger Penske, uh, he has the most IndyCar starts in IndyCar history. Um, he is a hands-on guy, hard worker, just have a total, total respect for him. Um, you know, with everything else we had going on, uh, when the opportunity came about actually, uh, through COVID and, um, you know, anybody in racing is familiar with the Indy 500 and, and that race is just, that's just a crazy, it's, it's a crazy event, let alone a race, race event. Right. So, um, when the COVID came about and a lot of, there was a lot of fluctuation and funding and drivers and money and this and that, we had an opportunity to run a third car, uh, with Dale. Um, we took, uh, you know, this is, this is early on with some of the expansion when we took some of our existing sponsors and said, Hey, how would you like to be involved in, in X? And of course, you know, that's, um, it's, a, it's an easy opportunity for somebody to want to be in, involved with a 500. And I had never uh, been an owner or a co-owner and entered a car in the 500. And needless to say, we ran, uh, we had a mechanical problem right off the bat, but um, that, it, that's pretty strong aphrodisiac to even, to even walk on the grid and to be part of that. So, um, you know, that was a pretty, pretty huge uh, drug to pull me in. And, you know, the, the conversations just went from there and you know, we'd looked at doing IndyCar and we'd looked at, uh, at doing, uh, you know, prototypes and, um, you know, years ago, I viewed IndyCars as a little bit uh, more daunting just because of the cost and, man, you know, you're wrecking these things. Um, I will say with what the new, the new next gen cars cost and the amount of effort and work it takes to go put these things back together, um, uh, it's uh, it, it took a little of that um, sting away, and I, I think there's some things to learn a little bit from how they they do a single source supplier versus some of the the, the ways that we're doing it with um, uh, suppliers as opposed to building things. Right, we are now purchasing things just like the IndyCar did. So um, I uh, you know I, right now my plan is to continue with Dale and to. Um, really dive in deeper and, and, and to grow that. And uh, I get along great with him. He works hard and um, uh, he's a, he's a real asset and a real tool in the toolbox for RWR. That, that's wonderful. All right. I'm going to ask you this question and maybe this will transition into another series uh, in which you race, but you have so many different types of race teams. Um, which was your favorite win so far? Well, again, since we haven't won a cup race, uh, um, I would have to say, you know, winning a top fuel race was was pretty cool. Um, you know, having again, you know, my I was six years old during a, an intermission and I made my first full pass at a drag strip, a quarter mile, you know, staged my go kart. Um, Christmas tree, you know, got the uh, the time slip at the end of the deal. You know, at six years old, you know, it felt like I was going 200 miles an hour. It's probably a day and a half, right? And, uh, but like that, I mean, I can remember every aspect of that. And, and then to grow up during the fuel, um, uh, you know, the, 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 the core of the, the new fuel racing with funny cars and front engine dragsters, um, I was enamored with that just because it's the sheer speed, the, the smell, the, the sound. Uh, my father was racing a 68 Camaro, and um, I think it was was like the modified production class, stick shift class. Uh, so, so I loved drag racing. Um, and uh, as I got older, I loved the the marketing side of it and where it wasn't necessarily age related. And as when I was in California, when I moved 
uh, in 90 back to North Carolina to pursue racing, uh, you know, NASCAR uh, more. Um, you know, John Force went from a very, to almost a nobody into this superstar, and he did it through marketing, branding himself. And I like drag racing because it could, um, you know, you could be 50 years old and still be competitive to this day. And that's what I always liked about it. Um, I never figured out a way to monetize it or make it a, a, a viable business until probably three or four years ago. And it took me a couple of years to put the pieces together. So kind of a long answer, but the, but the reason being is that it, it's, um, you know, I grew up, you know, you know, we're racing with John Forrest and, and Coletta and, and just, I mean, these, these superstars of, of the drag race world. And, um, I love it. And now I'm having a race against Tony Stewart and he's been kicking my butt every weekend. And now I've got a race with him over there too. So it's kind of cool. Uh, you know, that is great. And, and, and I'm right there with you when it comes to drag racing. Um, you know, that was definitely an early passion for me, uh, in my motorsports fandom, which is wonderful. Um, uh, you had talked about finding a viable way to make it work. And while we're talking about the multiple series in, in which you race, Rick, how much of that is able to transfer when you start talking to sponsors and, you know, having opportunities for different things, or maybe combining efficiencies, how do all of those help work together? Well, so the, the efficiencies really work well because we've finally been able to get some full-time, you know, a, a good small group of marketing people uh, in-house that does our, our, our graphics, our, our video stuff. Um, uh, you know, we, we manage our hospitality in-house and uh, our social media, et cetera. It, it's worked well because, you know, if, uh, if you're a Fortune 500 company and, and somebody said, hey, you can be part of the um, uh, the Super Bowl and the World Series and NBA playoffs, those things, you know, those are all iconic, iconic events. It's hard to be able to go in and potentially do that as a sponsor in motorsports because you're going to have to deal with multiple entities. Um, and if and the few people that do do that, uh, it's pretty an expensive scenario. Throughout my whole history, I, you know, you go and you pitch a sponsor on a NASCAR scenario and somebody kind of like, man, you know, our market, they, they feel and whether they're right or wrong, but they may feel that, you know, we're more tech oriented. We kind of like the, the coolness maybe of what the Indy cars represent or, um, you know, drag racing, you know, is, is a, a different animal. But yet there's a lot of crossover between NASCAR and, and, and drag race on the fan base. But what I would say is that each series has something unique um, to offer. And if you can go into a company, which we did a couple of years ago with, um, uh, you know, Biohaven was the parent company and it was an Ertech and they wanted to do what a lot of teams did, you know, 10, 15 years ago before it got to be too expensive is that they would come in and do, um, you know, EMSA and NASCAR and, and drag racing, you know, uh, Bernstein, you know, did that, you know, Joe Gibbs, uh, did it with, you know, funny car and top fuel and, and cup and in, in supercross. And um, uh, there are many other people that have done it. And the, it, it just got really tough to do. Um, but to be able to go in and talk to somebody and say, hey, look, you know, you may be all about NASCAR. And that's the 800-pound gorilla. And there's 36 events. But, man, wouldn't you like to bring people to the Indianapolis 500? Nobody's ever said, no, we don't want to go to the largest sporting event in the world. Um, you know, the, the U.S. Nationals, which you know, has over 900 entries and they're there for a week. And it's just, it's, it's a crazy drag race. So I now have brought people from that side over to NASCAR and, and vice versa and utilized all the, you know, the, the greatest things. And um, we are a value financially to be able to do that. Um, and some of our 
our um, people that we compete against that have similar scenarios, um, I think are dramatically more expensive than we are. Um, and what's really important is at the end of the day, it's a business is marketing, but we all race to go win races from, from the very first time you drug a go-kart anywhere, or you, you did a street stock at, at Caraway, you go be, with the mentality of like, well, if we're not going to try to win, why do you go? The reality is, is once you get to a certain level, it gets really tough to win. And, um, you know, guys like BJ McLeod have won hundreds of super late model races. But when you get to truck Xfinity and cup there, there are successful race drivers that have not won another race, you know, it, it, you know, for, for years or, or decades. Um, so it's important for us as we brand and build RWR as a, as an entity that we have to be competitive. And, um, again, NASCAR, you know, we get our butt kicked on a continual basis, but um, we are getting more um, lead lap finishes, top 20s, uh, multiple top 10s, um, those kind of things. Um, but everywhere else we compete in, we can generate enough budget to literally say we have a shot to win. We've been on podiums in Supercross and IMSA. And, you know, this is our first full season. We had a partial season last year in top fuel. And we won uh, three races in top field this year. And there's only, I think, one team that won more races than we did. We, you know, we um, uh, won the Daytona 500 uh, of flat track um, at the Springfield Mile with, with KTM uh, and had nine podiums and won the World Supercross Championship last year. And I, I say this because um, it's an important part of what we do. So when we come in and talk to somebody, we can say, with conviction, you know, hey, on Monday and Tuesday, we're going to have videos and you're going to have success. And you have to be careful um, what you promise in the success, but we need to have a history uh, and recent history of we are competitive. We are gaining competition levels more and more in NASCAR. I hired Justin Haley. He's won in all three divisions. That's the first step. You know, we, we're continually getting more and better engineers. So, um, that's kind of that's a long answer to top fuel. You asked me what my favorite deal was, but that's kind of why, uh, because it, it's um, if you've never been to a top fuel race, it, it's just it's um, uh, it, it's it's violent and cool all at the same time. It is. I would agree with you. It is. Uh, it, it's just uh, it, it's an insane experience in such a good, good way. Rick, with Supercross and flat track, the two wheels are my passion as well with uh, sports cars, with dragsters, with open wheel cars, with stock cars and all that. How do you decide where to go on a given weekend? Well, a lot of it determines on, you know, if there's a, if there's a red flag somewhere, meaning either we've, we're trying to keep the wheels on the thing, you know, so there's a problem, or there's a big sponsor scenario. Um, you know, we are a small team, but we have some really, really good people. You know, we brought Robbie Benton um, over going on our second year, and, you know, he won the championship in 18 with Penske um, uh, with, with, in Cup and won multiple championships and run his own teams. I need someone like that to help me. Uh, manage all this um you know we do 110 events or something a year um and, and obviously i can't go to all of them um we don't have private air transportation <laughs> and um uh so we have to pick and choose and um uh it really um we kind of sit back and, and a you know where are the places that i want to go just selfishly um you know i am still married thank goodness and she stuck with me. So we have to pick some of the places that if I'm going to drag her to some place in another race somewhere, uh, that it's at least on her top five list. Um, 
but um, it also kind of depends on, uh, you know, what's going on with that particular series, you know, at that particular time. Yeah, great point. Uh, let, let me close this with a, a comment from the chat. Uh, John Stewart, who earlier, by the way, said you had the best hair in racing. Uh, <laughs> I, I wish we had 10 more guys like Rick Ware. His passion for motorsports in general is contagious. He's developed a proven marketing platform without spending a fortune in each sport in which he's participating. Great interview and thank you. And I, I think that sums you up very well, Rick. Man, thank you all for having me. It's, it's an honor. And uh, Judy, thanks for thanks for for uh, hunting me down and, and giving me the opportunity. So, well, the pleasure's mine. And I swear to you, your name was popped up everywhere all year yeah, long. So, sounds good, and Brad. Good to talk to you again. And very grateful. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you, you sir. Thank all you. Right. <laughs> Registering on EPAR Trade is easy. To start. Click on the Join for Free button on the homepage. First, search your company to see if it's already in our database. If you see your company on the list, click on it to select it. Then, choose Claim Company if you are one of the decision makers, an owner, marketing person, or main company contact. Or choose Join Company if you are an employee, and press Continue. If you couldn't find your company in our database, select Register a New Company. On the following page, fill out your name, email, phone number, job title, and choose a secure password. If you chose register a new company, you'll need to choose your business type. Select supplier if you're looking to display products or services and connect with buyers. Choose racing business if you're looking to source new parts and connect with suppliers. Choose race team if you own or are a member of a professional race team. Then, enter your company name. Please provide a website, Facebook page, or LinkedIn if you have one, and choose to either claim or join the company. You can view and agree to our terms of use here. If you'd like to receive our weekly newsletter, choose Accept. Finally, click Register Now and your registration will be submitted for approval. An email will be sent to your inbox. Please confirm your email address and you will be approved shortly. Welcome to ePartrade.